Welcome to The Experience of You, a podcast on how to own your personal brand and have the mindset to get your goals and live your dreams. People who lead with an authentic and positive personal brand create the ultimate experience for others. And when they do, they get what they want, personally and professionally. It's not about likes and followers. Don't let others dictate your brand. Take control of it and own it. Throughout this podcast, brilliant people will help you learn how. I'm Dave Thompson, and here's this week's guest. Welcome back, Carl Speak. It's good to have you back to continue our series on personal brand. I'm really intrigued today to learn more about what you have to say about women and personal brand. Your firm and your partners have coached numerous women leaders throughout the U.S. in a, in a program you all founded called Women Accelerate, Why Hesitate? Personal brand building is, you know, is different for women in the business world, and, and, and you're going to tell us a little bit why. How did the focus, first of all, on helping women leaders build their personal brand get started? Dave, uh, first of all, I'm glad to be back. It's always fun to talk about personal brand with you. You know so much about it. You're a coach and a practitioner yourself. I'm happy to share some information maybe that a lot, well, I think a lot of women may very well find helpful. And it's based upon a lot of work that we've done helping women leaders. Now, let me stop right here for a second and be really, really clear. My role in all this is really as a researcher and it is an observer and an interested uh, party. And I say that because virtually all the work that I'm going to talk about today and all the subsequent coaching and leadership development work have been done by the women who work in our firm, our our coaches, our licensed practitioners. So I just want to say I'm I'm here uh, relating research that I know of and experiences that I've observed. And by no way I'm speaking for women. I'm just being really clear that that the research we've conducted has been very interesting, and I've learned uh, a lot for that. So. Now, back to your question. There, there are two reasons why we decided to create a focus to help women build stronger personal brands. And as you, you, you know, Dave, for, for more than 20 years, we have worked with all sorts of people in helping them build a stronger personal brand. But it was only over the last seven years, six, seven years, that we, we wanted to leverage all we've learned the, for the benefit of women. And here's why. So the first reason, frankly, is a very practical reason. Women continue to grow in their influence in the business world. There are more women making a greater impact on our business world. That is not changing. The number of women in leadership positions continue to increase. Frankly, at some point, they're going to be parity or maybe even leading our business world. And so leaders and successful leaders have a natural interest in building a stronger personal brand because it does help them help them leverage their success. The second reason maybe is a little more nuanced. So you know, you know a lot about personal brand, Dave, and you know that the idea, the notion, the principle of personal brand revolves around relationships. And there's no question about it that, certainly in my experience, but you can look in the literature, relationship building is a natural strength of women. There's a reason that that's not just trying to give too much credit. There are some natural scientific-based reasons. It starts with the fact that women have a higher emotional intelligence, no question about it. 
And they also have these natural, almost inherent perceptive strengths. That is that they are really, really naturally perceptive. And we'll talk about that later. When you put those two things together, the, the high emotional intelligence and the natural perceptive strengths, there's no question that that's a perfect match for personal brand building. So those are the two reasons. But again, being back to being practical, you know, I've noticed a number of things over the years, maybe over the last 20 years since I introduced the book, Be Your Own Brand on Personal Brand. And that is that women have a natural interest in personal brand, a natural interest in perceptions. Uh, and I can tell you that based upon a lot of the anecdotal evidence. But, you know, anecdotal evidence uh, is interesting to talk about, but doesn't really get you very far. And so back in 2014, we decided to invest in some substantial research. And so for two years, we, we conducted research, both quantitative research and focus group, group research. And we found out a lot of interesting things that enabled us to take all the content we have around personal brand and focus it so that more women could take advantage of it because women interact with the principles of personal brand differently than men. And really based upon the things I just said. So at the end of that two-year effort, was the, uh, we created this leadership development platform that, as you mentioned earlier, we call it Women Accelerate Why Hesitate. And about five years ago, we introduced that to the market and have since had a lot of uh, success. Well, now that you've teased us here, let's dive into that research. What did you find? Frankly, it was really interesting research. I mean, we, I, I, our firm does, has done market research for more than 35 years. And so I know interesting research when I see it. And this was not only interesting, but, but it met all the benchmark qualities for being a statistically reliable reliable research study. So as I mentioned, back in 2014, we put together a team of women leaders who to help us develop and guide us in our market research efforts. And again, I was just somebody who was on the sidelines encouraging and coaching, but it was this team of women leaders. And we thought it was really important to have a spectrum of, of, of voices of women leaders. And so we grabbed a, it was, I won't say eclectic, but a very interesting set of, of uh, women leaders ranging from younger Gen X, uh, a number of Gen Y or millennial leaders. And then we threw some more, what was this called, quote unquote, experienced, maybe baby boomer types who have been around for quite some time. We thought that was a nice natural compliment. So the end result, and what I want to talk about today is the results of this national quantitative study that we conducted. And, you know, research is interesting in the eyes of the beholder, but certainly I can say when uh, we got those back and I was handed the report, uh, I found these results really interesting, uh, to say the least. Now, frankly, interesting because they, the, the results had a theme to them, but also interesting, frankly, because it was really insightful for me as, as, a, as an outsider because of my gender to really understand there are differences and there are certainly unique strengths that women leaders have. Okay, okay. So two questions. Number one, is the research available for people to see on your website? It certainly is. You can go to the website. It's on our Broadview Leadership website. So that's www.broadviewleadership.com. Great. Now dive into some of these top-line results that caught the team's attention. So Dave, I don't want to... 
uh, inundate you with all sorts of numbers, but there really are a handful, really five that I pulled out when I looked at the research that I think are worth worth keeping in mind. And so, first of all, number one, 55% of those women who responded to the survey, and again, it was a large sample, 55% of those women agreed with the statement, sometimes I'm overly concerned about how someone perceives me that I spend too much time focused on why does he or she perceive me that way, as opposed to what am I doing that is creating that perception. So another way to think about that is that when they get feedback about how they're perceived, this statistic did not surprise me. Because when I've been involved in those workshops, this happens all the time, which is there's a focus, there's a huge focus, intense focus on those words are how I am perceived. And they sometimes they get judgmental and they can't get past it. And the reason this is important, the statement's important, is that we know that if you want to manage your personal brand, and particularly if you want to change some mis- what you believe are misperceptions, then you have to quickly become more objective and focus on what am I doing to create the perceptions. It's not that they're wrong. The, is there there's something about what you're doing? So we, have, so we help people understand it's important to understand you've got to be accountable for the perceptions you create. So 55% interesting. The next thing, nearly 60% of the women in the, stu- in the study agreed with the following statement. Sometimes I am too critical, which causes me to second-guess myself and hold back with my comments or actions, and this limits my ability to make a contribution. This hits the nail on the head. Uh, one of the dominant themes that came through this research as well as the focus group research, which is women have to be really diligent to avoid the natural hesitation. And not to be trite about this, but whether you're a man or a woman, if you hesitate, you lose. That's number one. Number two is you should never second guess yourself If you believe in yourself, then you bring your real self, your authentic self, in every situation. So that's nice. So 60% of women agreed with that. Next, about half the sample, about 50%, agreed with the following statement. With some people, I change how I act or what I say based upon how I think I should act or what I should say. The big words, should. And when it comes to managing your personal brand, Take the word should out of your mind and your vocabulary. Because if you're trying to manage your personal brand based upon what you think other people think you should do, it, 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 you'll lose traction immediately. So that, but that's interesting. About half the sample thought they should respond to how they think uh, people think they should do it. That's, that's mm-hmm. not good. And then 60%, another one, 60% agreed with the statement. Is the woman, I'm a natural caretaker, and sometimes... I am too concerned about others' feelings, and therefore I may change what I say or how I act with certain people. And it, when we dug deeper at this in the focus groups, it's, it's certainly important to make sure you make yourself relevant to others. You can't, be the, you can't present yourself exactly the same way with everybody. That doesn't make any sense. And then the other piece is, uh, and this relates to something that, is, that really is proved in the literature which is that women, more so than men, have this tendency to want to make sure they are liked by others. It's important that they are liked by others. 
our advice to women is always manage that and make sure it's not so subconscious. That's not to say be a jerk. It just means you should present yourself authentically. Now, the final piece I'll say, and this is something that, again, you, 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 you can read, and if you read much about women's leadership, you, it's kind of all over. And this was a, a, big, uh, a big factor in our research results. More than 70% of women who responded to the survey agreed. This is 70%. Seven out of 10 women agreed with the following statement. Sometimes I feel like women are more competitive with other women than they are with men. And I'll just add to this. There was another part of this, another statement that we tested related to this, and that is the majority of women agreed with this statement. It is regular occurrence that a woman may offer something on the table. A man at a later time, may offer something similar or even the same thing. And the majority of women feel that the man will get credit for it by other women than the woman itself. So this is, a, this is, uh, this is not new, but our research study reinforced this. And I will tell you, when w women read this research and we talk about it with them, they get stuck on this thing in a New York minute and frustrated, I might, I might add. So, so there's some, things, some, some top line things for you, Dave. And we'll drop the link to the, to the leadership survey and the results of this study on the podcast information. So big time data, really yeah. insights for women. Tell me about any overriding themes that caught your attention. A couple of themes that, that caught my attention, and I will end, end there this. There's no, and again, when I talk about this research, the focus group research that, that supported it, as well as other anecdotal stuff that, where I've kept notes over the years. Number one, our research reinforces the fact that women have a special quality when it comes to perceptions and perception management. This is our observation, but frankly, this is backed up by research in the psychology field, which is that women are, are instinctively more perceptive and have a natural, they naturally tune in to perceptions, that is, how they think they're being perceived or the perceptions they want to create, much more so um, than men. I mean, I don't know why, and I don't recall from the research why this is. It's complicated in some ways, but, but it's there. The positive side of this is that women's perceptual skills gives them a leg up and enhances their abilities in terms of relationship building skills. They have higher degrees of, of empathy. They have overall higher levels of emotional intelligence. They're just frankly really good and naturally good and have a desire to build and maintain relationships. And frankly, broadly speaking, are willing to do the things necessary to build and sustain those relationships. And of course, it's not perfect, but, but that's real interesting. The bad side doesn't have to happen all the time, but it's one of those things that if you don't manage your Strength it becomes a weakness, and that when it, when it comes to perceptual excellence, the women do have perceptual excellence. That women are so in tune to how they're perceived, they're they're constantly taking in perceptual information, and it and it stays on their radar. Well, part of the problem is that sometimes they're they're so attuned to perceptions that there's a natural hesit natural tendency 
for them to hesitate thinking, gee whiz, how might I be perceived or uh, if I say something or do something. And so the flip side of this, of this perceptive strength that's so important in terms of relationship building is that if women don't, aren't careful, that this perceptual reconnaissance will have a tendency to, to trip them up and, and, and they may hesitate a little too much. As I mentioned earlier, hesitation is not a good thing. Now, this idea of women hesitate. Not all women hesitate. And I don't want to stereotype because that's just not fair and just not right. But our research suggests about 50 to 60 percent of, uh, of women women do this. And I will tell you, when we, uh, we, when we observe and I watch video of these workshops, I mean, women talk about this in at least 50 to 60 percent of the case. So anyway, so that's an important piece. Perceptions, a strength, got to be careful, doesn't become a weakness. Strength in terms of relationship building, natural strength and weakness, uh, uh, hesitation. So your team undertakes this research. You're looking at these nuggets and looking at some of these fairly revelatory statistics. How did that shape then the program you developed? Well, you know, Dave, I, it, it did. It did for sure shape it. In fact, we, we I'll tell you quite honestly, um, we had this. I had this anecdotal information about women, but in no way was I willing to move forward. And so we used this research to really guide us in terms of how we were, first of all, we wanted to validate that we should develop a platform for women that would be valuable. And it turns out we did. And I'll tell you this, I have watched many, many groups of these the women working together in, the, in our program, Women Accelerate Why Hesitate. Uh, man, oh man, it's, it's just so neat to watch. And what I see primarily, and this is different than other workshops that I, and we've had a workshop curriculum, a big curriculum for for. 30 years. What's different is that women in these workshops, man, they just get together in these small, group, small groups and they share experiences and they encourage each other and they want to work together. And it's just amazing to see because as we know, and you know, you teach and you're an educator. Adults really learn when they work with each other, frankly, much more than they sit and listen to people like you and I. So for me, it's amazing. I'm so happy to see that some of this personal brand content that I've created could be used for so many uses, including to help women. And again, so it's, it's, it's been great. And the research has been instrumental. And frankly, we would not have gone forward with this program had we not learned a lot, a lot that we could uh, validate through research. Gotcha. How many people have uh, gone through the Women Accelerate Why Hesitate program? Oh, Dave, I should know that, but I'm going to tell you it's been, uh, well, okay, I'm going to just tell you it's hundreds now. But I'll say to four to 500 so far and grow. Excellent. Are there certain highlights of the program now that you you did the research, you created this uh, program to help women leaders build their personal brands? So what are some of the highlights that stick out in your mind as a researcher? Let me give you, uh, let me hone in on, on just a couple, and those are the ones that stand out. Uh, well, before I do it, I, we've been talking about this program, and I guess I should give the, any of our listeners a quick overview of what it is. On the website, there's a detailed explanation, so I just want to give you a quick some context here. So the first thing we do, or women do, is they, they engage in an e-learning experience so it's an asynchronous learning program so obviously it's online they work at their own pace and they they accomplish two things before they ever get together as a as a working group 
first thing they do, they use a tool we have to collect a, an anonymous source of information about how they are perceived by others. And I'll get to that in just a second. Then they are, they are coached online to begin the process of doing what is fundamentally one of the most important things you can do if you want to build a strong personal brand. And that is you have to clearly define who you are. What is your brand? What are your uniquenesses? So they do those things online before they get together in working groups. And then they get together in working groups. And they'll spend a day working together and spanning everything from sharing how they're perceived by others to sharing how, how they've defined their brand to learning about managing perceptions, learning about overcoming misperceptions. And then follow, And then at the end of that, they each person develops a 21-day action plan, and then they share that with each other and help each other and coach each other and push each other or challenge each other a little bit. And then following that, the groups stay together in terms of digitally and then helping each other and sharing experiences, coaching each other. So they have a, sort of a mini net. So that's the overview of the, of the platform, how people work. The one thing I would like to, to emphasize, and that is this idea of developing a personal brand platform. So important. And I, I like to say this, I've said this so many times, and this comes from a, uh, an aphorism by Marshall McEwen, and that is, if I can name it, I can know it. Or the other way to think about that is if I can't name it, I can't know it. And that's the same thing about your brand. If you can't, if you don't, if you haven't defined your brand explicitly and precisely, then there's no way you can you can do a good job of living out that brand. And let me tell you, so women go through this exercise, they do it before they get to class, they they refine and share and make it better and fine-tune it in class. But here's the one thing. All personal brands are a reflection of the person inside you. It's a reflection of your values and how you apply your values and how you show up and how you make a difference. And at the core for everybody is a value, and it's called my the personal brand ethos. It is that one value that is non-negotiable, uncompromisable, and it's the thing that you believe makes you as strong as, it, as you can be. And so, I, so that's a key. And so when I listen to people share about their personal brand ethos, what it is, why it's important, one of the things we ask people to do is share with each other what their personal brand ethos is. Well, that's easy. But then to ask them to explain or, or uh, share some personal life experiences that have been instrumental to them that have allowed them to have this deep-seated belief in their personal brand ethos, this important value. Let's go back to the topic of perceptions for a minute. What other highlights would you like to share? Well, I mentioned, um, I mentioned that during this, this uh, learning experience, this learning platform that we've developed, every woman uses this tool. And so basically this tool is a, not, is a, a tool that they, they use on our, our system, on our server, where they send out emails to hundreds of people and we help them understand what kind of sample they should pick and the diversity and what kind of people they should ask. And then basically people get a request, an email and saying, and it says in essence, Hey, I'm doing a, I'm going through a leadership development process. Do me a favor, uh, go to this link and follow the instructions. And they go and hits the link, goes to the server and they're asked to provide uh, to, to, for this to be very short like no more than five minutes. 
in that they are to type in three to five words that are top of mind when they think about the respondent. And so this, this happens, it happens quickly. And each leader hears on average from 60 people, which means they hear any, anywhere from 180 to 300 perceptions of other people. And, and I will tell you that at that number of people, responses, uh, that, is, that is statistically reliable, it's generally unbiased. We think maybe there's some bias depending upon if they do, if they do the sample right. There's not much bias. Uh, they do this before they come to class. They come to class and the reports are on the front desk for the facilitator and the coach. And the women cannot wait to get these reports and they and they can't wait to open them up. And by and large, what they find out are that the perceptions are reassuring and very enlightening for others. Sure, they may get some negative feedback. That's not the majority of the case. But one of the other things that comes out with women in these assessment reports is it helps them to understand to not be afraid of how people perceive you. You have a lot more strengths than you think you do, but it also teaches them the importance of perception is reality. So that, that's this, this perception is a really key learning. And I would say, frankly, it, it, is, it is one of the most important learnings that women have uh, through this experience, and it's one that, that really changes them and, and so much for the better. And having administered uh, this to the students at Temple, it's an unbelievable process to see this undisputed feedback help people understand that they are perceived for positive qualities overwhelmingly, and they are seen in such a fashion that it, it, it becomes a, either reassurance or a confidence booster. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the same thing. Is there a common challenge that women discuss in their in the small focus groups that um, you might be able to share? Yeah, you know, no, no doubt about it. What I have seen, and this will, and you can count on this, and, and I see why, and I would agree that the one thing that they talk a lot about and want to work at right away is how do they change perceptions that people have of them? Now, that could be. They feel like they're misperceived, i.e. somebody doesn't really, really doesn't understand my real strengths. That could be, wait a minute, I'm misperceived because of maybe something I did one time a long time ago. But the idea is they want to know how can I change perceptions or how can I, how can I manage misperceptions. Um, so just a couple things, uh, since it is such an important topic, for a popular topic for women, I'll just share a couple of things. One is, Yes, you can change how you are perceived. There's no question. Now, you know, how long does it take and how much work does it take? It depends. It depends upon how deep-seated that misperception is, where that misperception comes from. So if we're talking about a situation where somebody doesn't know me or has just heard things about me, well, that's one thing. But one of the things we're, we're fond of telling people is when it comes to perceptions, you have to ask yourself, how long do perceptions last in someone's mind? Generally speaking, they last in someone's mind in a direct proportion to how much of an impact that the action that, that happened to create that perception. So if you have a really, really bad experience with someone, that perception will last a long time. If you had a really, really, really positive experience that mattered a lot to that person, that perception will last a long time. So, so my point is perception misperceptions and perceptions can be managed and changed, but it takes a very conscious 
consistent effort over a lot longer time than you think, but it can be done. And so a proven strategy for doing that can be simply stated by you have to undo by overdoing. Okay, so that means you have to, in a, in a very authentic way, start to act in a way that counterbalances that perception. So as, at least is an example. If you, have a, if you have a reputation for always showing up late, you're going to have to start to show up early a lot and for a long time and bring people's attention to the fact that you're early and why that's a benefit and what you've learned from that. Or some other ones, and this came up in class. Some people think that they look too young, they act too young. Frankly, they may talk too young, you know, the vocal fry and that kind of stuff. And they say, how do I overcome that? And, and, and of course, the vocal fry, and you got to change the way you talk. There's other things like that. But when it comes to maybe people might view you being young or inexperienced, you got to change the way, you, the way that you talk about certain things. So as an example, rather than saying, I'm not sure if this idea will work, but you should say, my recommendation is, or I believe it's worth, it will be worth trying this. And so, you know, it's, it's a statement, it's a declarative statement, not a question. And we know that, frankly, a lot of people in today's, in today's lexicon, where people talk to, wait till we question marks. Mm-hmm. So I would say that. Another thing, another example would be, um, if you want to exude more confidence and more youthful and more experience, is, again, instead of saying, do you think it would work if we conducted a focus group, say, let's try a focus group. So my point is, be declarative about that. The other thing I would say about perceptions is it's back to the basics. The first perception matters a lot. There's just no question. Science is 100% binding that the first impression you make lasts a long time. So be really good about the first impression you make and um, be really clear. And here's a, here's a little something for everybody. Every time you're going to go meet with someone or if you're going to go to a cocktail party or networking or what have you, before you go, Write down the three perceptions that you want to leave with people, that person or people you meet. Write it down. Write it down. Have it in your pocket. Have it in your have it in a note on your phone. Whatever. Write that down. And when you're done, assess yourself. So that's a that's a tip. Free tip for you. I like it. You've got others. I'm going to I'm going to imagine. So parting advice for women leaders. You're right, Dave. I, uh, I'm, never, I'm never short on giving advice, uh, but after all, I've been made a living for about 40 years doing that. So, But here are a couple of things, frankly. Number one, be really clear what your authentic qualities are. Start with one or two. You have to be steeped in what you believe and what you stand for. And, and honestly, if, you have, if a person has not gone through the process of defining their five most important personal values, Start with that. You really have to start with that. But be really clear what those qualities are. Two or three, one, I should say two or three. And then practice, practice on making sure that you leave that, the perceptions that resonate those qualities. Learn to act out your personal brand and the key attributes of your personal brand. Number two, and this is critical and frankly reinforcing for building a strong personal brand. Hold yourself accountable to making a difference for others as often as possible. Be in the business of making a difference because after all, a strong personal brand has three elements. Number one, being very clear who you are. Number two, making sure 
that those qualities show up in everything that you do. Who am I? How do I show up? And then the third piece is making a difference. And the more you make a difference, the stronger impact you'll have with other people. And the more you make a difference, the more confident you'll be in your personal brand and you will become a strong personal brand. And then the other thing I would say is this. Look for assignments or projects or experiences that allow you to play to your authentic strengths. Get in the game, in, in, in the kind of game that allows you to demonstrate your personal brand. There are some situations where you, your personal brand is so natural, so easy, and makes a big difference. So, so look for, for places where your brand plays well and jump in with both feet. And there's nothing like success to build personal brand equity. So it's just a few things, Dave, I'd, I'd pass along. Thank you, Carl. And those are the concept that you just spoke to is applicable to all people in creating strong personal brand. I appreciate yes. the insights into women leaders and what you all, what your team has found in your data studies and your focus groups and, and the insights you shared today, Carl. Outstanding as always and well appreciated. Well, uh, Dave, yeah, you're welcome. And thanks for the opportunity. And I do enjoy talking about it. And I, I am so optimistic about how women can apply these concepts to build a stronger personal brand. Because at the end of the day, the stronger your personal brand is, the more you can be who you are and not less. And I think that's really important for every human being. Couldn't say it better. So I'll stop talking. And thank you, Carl Speak. Thanks for listening to The Experience of You. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others who are currently trying to land a job, transition careers, or are looking to improve their professional brand. To catch all the latest workshops, resources, and insights from the Career Coach Pros community, you can follow us on Instagram at Career Coach Pros and on Twitter at Career Coach Pros. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.